welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 17th of March, and my name is Helen Freer. First of all, I'd just like to briefly draw your attention to another podcast, our latest Beyond Markets podcast episode, which was published earlier this week, where I spoke to Luca Manozzi, who's in our Next Generation Research Team at Julius Baer, and we talked about the interesting topic of artificial intelligence. There's also a German version available with my colleagues Carsten Menke and Martina Kaut, and you can find the German version on our Marktanalysen und Gespräche channel. So do give it a listen. These podcasts are available on all the usual podcast platforms. Now, it's been a very interesting week so far. Yesterday, the ECB hiked rates by 50 basis points, as expected. And I'm joined today by our chief economist, David Cole, who's going to share his thoughts on that and his expectations on the pace of rate hikes going forward. And then we're going to find out a bit more about the impact of the recent events on various currencies. And I'll be talking to Tim Gagey about that in just a few minutes. But I'll start with a quick roundup of the latest market news. In the US, the Federal Reserve has published some data that shows that in the wake of the failure of SVB and Signature Bank, banks borrowed a total of almost $165 billion from two Federal Reserve backstop facilities in the week to the 15th of March. And that's a record high. But in other news, the biggest banks said yesterday that they'll deposit $30 billion to First Republic Bank, with the US authorities saying that this demonstrates the resilience of the country's banking system. The deal was reportedly put together by people including the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, and JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon. So although in aftermarket trading, First Republic's share price is down again after the bank said they would suspend dividend payments, this news about the $30 billion deposit seemed to boost investor confidence yesterday and markets rebounded. In the US, the Nasdaq closed up 2.5%, while the S&P 500 gained 1.8%. Banks rallied after spending most of the morning in the red. The FANGs and social media stocks were among the outperformers yesterday. And in terms of sectors, it was technology and telecommunications that were the best performers. And earlier on in Europe, there was also some better sentiment, which we can attribute at least partly to the news that Credit Suisse will receive a liquidity line from the Swiss National Bank. All of the major indices here ended the day firmly in the green. The Eurostox 50 index closed up just over 2%. And in Switzerland, the SMI gained just under 2%. Looking at treasuries then, there was a bit of curve flattening yesterday with the two-year yield jumping 27 basis points. In overnight trading, the two-year yield is currently at 4.11%. It's been sliding over the last couple of hours. And the 10-year yield is currently at 3.54%. In currencies, after gaining yesterday, the US dollar has dropped against its peers with the concerns about a global banking crisis looming easing. So this has dampened demand for the dollar. But more on currencies from Tim later. In terms of economic data... Eurozone CPI figures are among the data coming out today. So with investors relieved about the efforts in both the US and Europe to support troubled lenders, we could be looking at a calmer day today. In Asia this morning, the Nikkei ended the day there up 1.2%. And when I looked a few minutes ago, the Hang Seng Index and the CSI 300 were also both up. 
And European and US futures were broadly up a few moments ago. So I'll stop there, but I'll bring you in at this point, David. I mentioned it at the beginning. The ECB increased rates by 50 basis points yesterday, which was very much expected. What's your take on the outcome of the ECB meeting? Yes, good morning, Helen. Good morning, everybody. And indeed, uh, this is probably the the first important news from the ECB meeting uh, that they stick to their guidance or pre-commitment really to increase rates to by 50 basis points, despite that we having like first uh, insights that higher interest rates, they do something to the economy, they tighten financial conditions, and they make life more difficult, uh, at least for some lenders uh, out there in the economy. So it was probably a closer call than, than we thought uh, just, just a week ago that the ECB uh, will hike rates by 50 basis points. So they, they delivered on that, they fulfilled that. And of course, the, the major reason uh, why to tighten monetary policy further is that inflation is still elevated. And according to the ECB assessments, there's not enough being done uh, to bring down inflation. At the same time, um, the ECB changed a bit its uh, guidance, its rhetoric uh, going forward. Uh, so they became uh, more, de- or they, they promised to become more data dependent, more mindful that past interest rate increases uh, will actually uh, affect uh, or could affect uh, not only financial stability, but overall uh, credit and financing conditions. So much more focus now on the transmission mechanism from tighter monetary policy uh, over like the credit mechanism to growth and finally inflation. We think that's a, that's a good move uh, in terms of uh, a ECB uh, policy going forward uh, because it's not anymore so pre-committed and so uh, really fixed to increase rates uh, mechanically at every meeting. Uh, And we feel confirmed uh, that the ECB will probably step down a bit in its pace of rate hikes in the coming meetings. Uh, We continue to expect uh, the next step to be not 50 basis points, but 25 basis points. And here again, not so much uh, because there is huge progress uh, in bringing down inflation. I think inflation, we think that inflation will remain sticky towards uh, various reasons. And the only reason probably why it's not sticky uh, or the, the only reason which we can exclude is that monetary policy has not done enough. Monetary policy has delivered a, a major shift from below zero interest rate uh, to now uh, 3% in the deposit rate, 3.5% for the main financing rate. So that's a major shift in the last, the last half year. Uh, and now it has its effect on the economy. Uh, so the, the shift now from the uh, ECB to be more data dependent and to have also an eye uh, on what higher interest rates do to the financial system and to the transmission mechanism. Uh, that's welcome news. Uh, and uh, going forward, we think uh, that uh, there will be less mechanic uh, in interest rate increases uh, to response to past uh, inflation rates. Be one last point, uh, Alan, uh, to mention as well. In terms of growth and inflation projections, there have been also revisions from the ECB uh, very much uh, revising uh, both growth and inflation for this year, uh, more in line with our own forecast. So GDP growth expecting 1% instead of a half percentage point uh, for, for this year. Um, and also inflation uh, projections still high, but came down to 5.3% instead of 6.3%. Um, so here much more in line uh, than uh, what we think uh, the year will bring in terms of growth and inflation. And with that, uh, back to you. Thank you, Karen.
Thanks very much, David. And now, Tim, looking forward to getting your thoughts on what's been happening in currency markets. Good morning, Helen. Thank you. So as we heard, the first of a series of major central bank events is out of the way now with the European Central Bank yesterday. All of these central bank meetings were rather thrown up in the air by the events surrounding SVB, Credit Suisse and, and others. But as we heard, the ECB stuck to the plan and hiked 50 basis points. Market reaction on the FX side was rather muted yesterday. Eurodollar after the press conference from Lagarde was at 105.90, which is exactly where it was just before the rate hike announcement itself. Overnight, we have seen some further the dollar weakness, but it does seem likely that with the Fed next week, any FX moves will rather be kept to a minimum as there is still a lot of uncertainty around what Powell and friends might do. And what do you think are the possible Fed scenarios now and what impact might they have on the dollar? Well, if we go back a week or so, the market was pricing in somewhere between 25 and 50 basis points, a lot of very punchy talk, but this has now collapsed down to below 25 basis points priced in, with some in the market suggesting that they will do nothing. In the light of a 50 basis point ECB hike, I think if the Fed were to do nothing at all, that would be a pretty strong statement on their part, which would for sure transfer into a weaker dollar pretty quickly. We should bear in mind that headline inflation in the US is 6%, Eurozone is 8.5%, and the UK is at 10.1%. Inflation is clearly falling in the US, and the Fed are still quite some way ahead at one and a quarter percent ahead of the ECB. So anything is possible, but I suspect a 25 basis point is probably a more likely outcome, which overall will probably keep us rather range bound. And what about the Bank of England and the pound? Headline inflation in the UK is rather on the high side. Indeed, we are still showing double digits. This leaves the Bank of England in a very tricky spot. There's a fragile economy to worry about, but inflation is up in the skies. So it's hard to see how the central bank cannot react to this. And I would rather be long sterling when we are around the 120-ish level against dollars. Much as with the euro dollar, I think some range trading looks likely. I would look rather at range trading products, something like a pivot tarf, setting a strangle, that sort of thing, because volatility is quite high and you can generate an interesting range and the possibility of buying low and selling high, which we were always told was a good idea. And can we talk a bit about metals now? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, good idea. So gold has probably been the best performing thing to own in FX and precious metals for the last couple of weeks. It has reacted very positively to any negative news around SVB, Credit Suisse, etc. And it hasn't really given up its gains at any point. Even this morning where we see euro dollar rallying and we see uh, things like sort of the yen, Swiss franc giving back some gains, gold just stays absolutely solid, which is quite interesting. But Gold up at such levels does make me a little bit nervous, however. Last time we were up above 1900, about a month ago, we slipped back to almost 1800 very sharply. And with the Fed next week, there is definitely some risk of a similar pattern. I would never want to be short gold or indeed any metal. It is a bad idea. But taking profit on long positions, as always, makes sense, whether that's directly via reverse convertible decumulator or something else. It would be a shame to find ourselves back at 1850 or even lower and have once again failed to take advantage of the higher price, especially when you consider that gold in a portfolio yields you zero. So you really do need to take advantage where you can of generating some gains on it. And just finally, any thoughts on hedging at the moment? Yeah, well, we've talked a lot about hedging recently, and the arguments do still make sense. If you are heavily exposed to the dollar, I think it's smart to look at reducing your exposure. 
Carry is not quite as bad as it was. It's, of course, not in your favor, especially against the euro. But if the Fed were to take some dramatic action next week, or maybe a better way of saying that would be dramatic inaction, we could see a further weakening of the dollar in line with rates expectations. You can also look at selling options to generate some premium, which improves your entry point in conjunction with some direct purchases as well. I think that's all I have for today. So thank you, Helen, for the chat. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good weekend. And Helen, I pass the mic back to you. Great. Thank you very much, Tim. So that's all for today. Thanks again to our speakers this morning. And thank you all for tuning in. Do join us again on Monday when we'll get a technical update from Menzo Pachinci. Have a great day, everyone. And bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.